Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. We're hitting everything. We're getting near the end of our evening. I, I know, like, uh, the way these things ultimately play, because for e each evening that we um, record, we might end up getting two or three yeah. Yeah. you know, episodes out of it. So we're getting kind of near the end of this evening. So and this, this episode is oh, here we go. <coughs> sponsored by, well, not really sponsored by, but this one is, Steve, this is yours. Explain okay. it to the folks, would you? This one is, it's actually my favorite um, brewing company, Otter Creek. They produce my two favorite beers, which are Copper Ale and Stovetop Porter. Or at least they used to, because I had them like 10 years ago, but I haven't seen them since in the Upper Valley. I'm not a real fan out. of IPAs, but I mean, this is a good drinkable beer. I mean, I'll, I'll drink it. I mean, cheers. It's, it's kind of good. fruity. Yeah, it's kind of fruity. It's a little more hardcore than the last one we had. It's like yeah, 7%. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, um, you know, diluted water is probably a little bit stronger than you know, Coors Light or, uh, or, uh, or uh, Corona, Corona Light. Light. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. It's a very fruity, apple -y. Kind of taste. Um, oh, it's all over me. But okay. uh, but I do, I do like it. Um, so okay. So we had a, a very interesting discussion in the last hour about kind of the rebuttal to the claim that the Federal Reserve is a scam. In this last section, we're actually going very far afield from the JFK. We've already essentially stated and concluded that the Federal Reserve probably wasn't a driving force in the JFK assassination. Yep. But because we had to kind of talk about the Federal Reserve so much to kind of get to that point, and because we kind of ended up at a certain point that may not be our final conclusion, sure. um, I felt that we needed to tack on one last bit, which is just about the Federal Reserve. This really has nothing to do with the JFK assassination at this point, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Maybe someday we'll come back and do a whole more, you know, big deep dive into the Federal Reserve, but but this is kind of my last um, few notes about the Federal Reserve. Okay. The rebuttal to, to the, the rebuttal. rebuttal. So, given what we said in the last hour, does that mean that everything about the Federal Reserve is fine? No! No! Hell no. It does not. So, what are the issues? The big issue, or one big issue, I shouldn't say the big issue, one big issue is that the Fed essentially has a direct subsidy to the private to private banks, a subsidy that amounted to $2.5 billion in 2015. So we already mentioned the subsidy earlier on wow. in, um, in wow. what we're talking Holy about. Holy shit. And so what I'm calling the subsidy is this 6% dividend, which is paid on stocks that over 2,900 private banks purchase to participate in the Federal Reserve System. <laughs> so this is a required investment. Mm -hmm. It's a stock that these private banks are required to purchase, of course, yeah. and, but it's one that comes completely risk-free. There is literally no way that these banks can lose money on this investment. I mean, it's it's guaranteed that they don't. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. 
where does the money come for their investment? Do they use the money that they get into deposits? Because honestly, that, that would well, yeah, they could, basically or... be a scam too, right? I mean, you know, hedging someone else's money to invest in something else is, is just, it's a sure thing. Yeah, it's however these d- different banks obtain their money, whether it's... I mean, isn't know, that a good... Hey, you know what? Isn't that a really good system? I mean, isn't that a great system? I mean... I would like to have a system where I can have guaranteed sure. returns. Hey, what you need to do now, everyone, is go out and own a bank. That's the only way you can get this, actually. Right. You own a bank. Go One and, of these 2,900 sure. banks. It has yeah. to be a massive bank. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, and, and, and this way. A billion, a multi-billion yeah. dollar bank. Sure. Yeah. But bottom line is, right, how do you lose? Because you take my money. So take, if you happen to have, just laying around, a couple of billion dollars, you can start, you know, like a national bank. Yep. And then you and then you have the ability to buy into this. Yep. I mean, how great is that? Guaranteed. I mean, how great is that? It's it's almost as good as real estate, right? It's almost, I mean, you know, hey, why not? You know, better you, than real estate. Real yeah, estate can lose money. There you go. Real estate can, but you know what? You know, money can't, right? You money that's in, money's in, money's out, and if you can't lose, what a great deal that is. Yeah. So this significant <laughs> subsidy, you know, I mentioned it was it was two point five billion dollars in two thousand fifteen that one year. This significant subsidy has been provided for more than 100 years, every year. <laughs> wow. Okay? So, I mean, you know, 2.5 billion, 2.5. I mean, it's not the same every year, but billions after billions after billions after billions of dollars of of this direct subsidy to private You know, what a, what a wonderful way to, to, to rephrase the term, you know, uh, the rich get richer. Yeah. Right? You know, Steve even said it. If you've got $2 billion... Well, you know, that's kind of funny, isn't it? Because 99% of us don't have $2 billion. So don't you think that goes somewhere in in the the conversation of monopoly, right? Yeah. Unfair monopoly. It's a monopoly for those who have crap loads of money. And then let's let's talk about this conversely. If you had the money, would you want to let it go? Yeah, well, it's funny, like, there's... So few people who have, who have billions of dollars want to let any, any of no, it go. So few people that have millions of dollars, I mean, let's really be mm-hmm. honest, mm-hmm. right? Want to let any of it go. Mm-hmm. If, if, Especially if you're making those millions uh, less than legally. Yeah. Because it doesn't really make a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because why? Because there's so many, I mean, there's so many different things, right? You know, politicians are controlled by so many different measures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hope we get into it one day about the people that are hired by the government to, to frame young, mm-hmm. you know, uh, politicians <laughs> before they even get in. <laughs> you know, uh, it, oh, we don't even want to go there. You want to rock your own world? Let's tune in for that one. That'll be fun. Now, Steve? Yeah. So let's talk about this <laughs> stock. Yes, that that these um, two thousand nine hundred mm. private banks are able to purchase. Mm. So, well, it's not. It's well, for them. It's for them. It's. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is unlike any other stock, such as investing in Apple or AT and T. First of all, the public cannot purchase this stock. Oh. So you don't have the ability. Oh, to. so that means they're leaving the little guy out. They're leaving, yes, every, oh. every little guy out. Oh, I don't um, know. So, okay. so the public can't purchase the stock, only banks participating in the Federal Reserve. Ah, so the club. The club, yeah. So the stock has a set value that never changes, so it doesn't go down. You can never lose money on it. And um, <laughs> banks cannot sell, trade, or pledge the stock as collateral. Um, 
I already mentioned with the price constant, banks cannot lose money on the stock, even if a regional Federal Reserve Bank somehow disbanded. Mm -hmm. So let's say that one of those 12 banks, this would probably never happen because they have so many advantages of course. that it would never happen. But if one of the regional Federal Reserve Banks somehow disbanded or went belly up, the government still by law would have to pay out to you know the people who hold that stock. Well, whether they would or not is the question, <laughs> but hey. <laughs> So technically, the payout only occurs when the Federal Reserve makes money, but realistically, the Fed has so many advantages as a market player that it, it nearly always turns a profit. You know, how sure a thing is it? Within 17 years, banks will earn back the total stock purchase. So let's say you wow. know, there's a new massive bank. They purchase um, the required stock in the Federal, Federal Reserve they will make their money back in 17 years, which means that any future dividends will be pure profit. <laughs> now imagine a bank like JP Morgan Chase, which has been around since the founding of the Federal Reserve. Yeah. So essentially, you know, they made their money back after what, 17 years? <laughs> and that, and since then, the past, let me, let me do the math here. Um, in the past 88 years, it's just been pure profit. It's just money that's just, just you know. In that case, it really Actually, is just, you talk about lining. It's 93 years. Well, so they've been, the Federal Reserve has been around for 105 years. Yeah. So if you subtract 17 from 105, um, that gives you, let me see, 105 minus, it gives you 88. I think 88, I was right the first time, sorry. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> brainiac. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, but still, it's a long time. It's a I long mean, time. I mean, they're not, they're not, paying back their investment for 88 years they they're just collecting it's just money that comes to them every year with no outlay um, you know in 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 these robber barons as i call them you know uh, uh -huh. will will turn around and 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 say to you if you ask them these questions well i did the right thing i made a great investment and and what's wrong with that this is a capitalistic capitalistic country yep. we're built upon capitalism this is capitalism at its best just because you can't do it just because you weren't there with a billion dollars 105 years ago. That's not my fault. Yeah. And that's what they're going to say. Yeah. Um, so why do they have this subsidy, this payout? Well, the payout was supposedly started as part of a marketing campaign. When the, f the Federal Reserve was first created, mm -hmm. this is the, the official story. And I, to be honest, I don't actually know how much of this is true. But sure. I think it's probably fairly true. Yeah. Um, when the Federal Reserve was first created, it wasn't super popular necessarily with the private banks that were around no, at the no. time. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted to attract new members. And so the way they did that was they made the buying into the Federal Reserve so attractive from a financial perspective <laughs> that, you know, people couldn't. Yeah. How do you say no? How do you say no? Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that nowadays national banks are required to join the federal reserve system so there's no longer any need to incentivize this yeah. so the original reason for having this be a deal too good to be turned down mm -hmm. that reason doesn't exist anymore there's no need to keep keep making this payout there is no other industry in the, in the United States, maybe in the world, I don't know, 
but no other industry in the in the United States where the businesses own stock in the agency that regulates them <laughs> and then receives a dividend payout from that agency. I mean, think about that. It's kind of weird. It's like it, it's like economically incestuous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, for them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most banks don't even have to pay corporate taxes on this subsidy, on the the dividends, the profit that they make from this guaranteed profitable investment. Um, unlike most Americans who pay anywhere from 15 to 20% on dividend taxes, there was an update to the law that made it so that any banks that had Federal Reserve stock shares that were issued prior to March 28, 1942, did not have to pay taxes on the dividends from that they earned off of that stock. So essentially what this means is, is that for any of the banks that existed before 1942, who had invested in the Federal Reserve, yeah. they can get all of the money, this 6% from and the... Pay. And pay literally zero in taxes. Since most Wall Street banks have charters that that go back to the 19th century, mm. most of them are um, grandfathered in with the tax oh, yeah. exemption. Oh, of course they So are. a bank like J.P. Morgan, they're paying nothing on this subsidy that they're getting from the government. Or and from the any Federal other Reserve. bank that's attached to the Federal Reserve within their 17-year limit will be the same thing. No, it's right? it's only if you it's only if you have a charter. That well, exists prior to 1942. But what about that 17-year gig, right? Once they get past that 17 years, then they're, they continue to make... Oh, but they still have to pay taxes on it? Yeah, them? yeah. So essentially oh. it is, if, you, if, if you're paying taxes and you buy into the Federal Reserve, it takes you 17 years to kind of pay off your initial investment in buying the stocks, mm-hmm. the money that you outlaid in, in purchasing those stocks, and then everything after that is gravy. But you have profit. to pay taxes on it. But you gravy. have to pay taxes on it. But if you're one of these old banks and you bought into the the Federal Reserve prior to 1942, then not only are you, obviously you're way past paying off your initial investment, you are also paying zero taxes. So basically, basically after 17 years, a newbie still makes tons because the taxes they have to pay really don't make a damn difference because taxes are paid on money they're making anyway. And the people that were there before 1940-whatever are just making more than they do. Yeah, that's that's exactly (laughs) right. Exactly right. So uh, there are other benefits to uh, member banks. Beyond. I'm the wrong goddamn business. Is what I'm trying to tell you. Anyway, no, I mean seriously, going to ba- you can make a crap load if you're the right. You have to have connections though yeah. to get into banking. Nah, I'm um, too good looking to be in banking. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, you know what? I don't want to be a banker. I don't need a billion dollars. If I had a million dollars, Eric Rosario. Hey. Eric Rosario, no, we we sang that song. Big R, bro. We sang that song at the um, Bean Gallery back about ah! twenty five years ago. Got a s- standing ovation. That's Ooh. probably not true, but they loved it. <laughs> we 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 rocked out. At least they were sitting up straight. Yeah, they- <laughs> at least that. Yeah. Ew. Um, but I dig. <laughs> um. So the other benefits that are bestowed by the Federal Reserve on other banks, um, they get ultra cheap loans. Through the discount window, whatever that means. Ooh, 
well, I mean essentially ultra cheap loans. They have um, various liquidity programs that ensures cash flow, and this is all stuff that's not. Fucking these loans! How do you need a loan? Wait, wait. Well, it's all about just having money available in any way, shape, or form that you need it so that you can conduct business. Ah, cheap Thailand hookers. I get it. Whatever you want to, whatever you think will be <laughs> profitable, I guess. Um, and then they also get free services such as check clearing, wire transfers. This is my favorite. Physical inventory of currency. So if they have like a billion dollars in 20s and they need a place to stash it, they can kind of... Um, the Federal Reserve will help them out with that. Um, wow, bro. Man. So, so you thought I was taking it easy on the Federal Reserve, but we're kind of getting into it now. So, but we talked before about the um, interest, um, which is the government pays to the Federal Reserve for currency generated, that the Fed and then generates, it back and then it goes to, back. Yeah. And so is that not a problem? And so I, I thought I would look into that because I had a question about that. Because I said, okay, well, you know, theoretically it's not a problem because the profit goes back to the U.S. Treasury. However, it's not really completely accurate to say, okay, well, whatever money they make from the interest goes back to the Treasury. Because what's more accurate is to say that the bottom line annual profit of the Federal Reserve goes back to the treasury. What that means is is that before any money goes back to the treasury, all of the salaries and operating Oh, no, 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 no. So really what of the federal reserve. Oh, the Okay, so wait. Okay. So when you say the net profit, the you net don't profit. really mean the net profit. No, I mean the net profit. Well, oh, net profit, but I mean you never said anything. Well, I guess net profit in itself means after everything, everything else. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So it's not like okay, like the government pays the Federal Reserve interest expense, right? And then the, and then they immediately take that dollar and send it right back to the government. No, it's it's like how does the Federal Reserve at the end of the day, after they've paid all of their expenses, salaries, operating expense, all of that, what's the bottom line profit? I know what it is, and that goes to the I know what it US is. Treasury. Mm -hmm. You know what it is? It's well, gee, guys. What do we want to pay back to the, to, the, to the Treasury this year? Well, maybe we should, oh, I don't know, make every single high-powered position in the Federal Reserve a guaranteed 22% raise every year. Well, I looked into it because I knew you would ask this question. <laughs> so what I immediately thought was, Fuck I me. thought, okay, well, what are people who work for the Federal Reserve making? Uh, See, well, I know where your mind is, you, is going. You little, you know what. Go um, ahead. So I, I, so <laughs> this I, was not planned, by the way. So I looked it up. <laughs> and actually what I found was is that, and these are very large numbers, but I found them actually to be surprisingly reasonable, knowing what I know about what the salaries. Extremely hard, hard work those folks do be. to make their money? Okay, well, I'll tell you what they In are. In the four hours they work a day before they go to golf? I'll tell you what the salaries range from, mm -hmm. and then you tell me what you think, and, I'll, and then I'll tell you what I think. Okay. So the presidents of the 12, re well, actually, let me start out with the, the, um, the who's the person who runs the Fed? The, 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 the president? Not the president Director? of the bank, but like the, um, the person who's essentially the head of the Fed. Like the Alan Greenspan. Grand Chancellor or whatever they call him. I whatever that position is. Yeah, whatever that is. position is, yeah. That actually isn't nearly the highest paid position. That position 
currently makes about 200000 a year. So it's not like a... It's kind of similar to the way the president doesn't make a, a ridiculous amount of... I mean, it's a lot. Don't get me wrong. I mean, 200000 in my book is a huge amount of money. Yeah. I certainly don't make that much. Um, but still, it's not... Like you would expect maybe it's more. That's not the highest paid person um, working who's a Federal Reserve employee. The highest paid that I could find were really... Well, actually, I think the highest paid is the... Um, there's like a uh, person who can kind of, it's not the auditor, but somebody who's a inspector. Mm. But they don't make much more than the president. The books cooker, basically. Okay, however you want to describe <laughs> it. Um, but I looked at the presidents of the 12 regional banks because they're okay. amongst the highest. Sure. And they all make between, um, currently, um, the person, the lowest per, the lowest paid um, regional bank president makes $346,000 a year. And that's the person in Kansas City. And the highest paid makes 466000 a year. And that's the person in New York City. So those are, or that kind of represents the highest salaries paid you know, to Federal Reserve employees. Let me ask you this, Steve. And maybe if you don't know the answer, somebody out there can find it for us. Because we know we, d we depend on a lot of these folks. If we don't talk about things we don't know, maybe you could look it up for yourself if you're not already in the business because so you only have a little bit to do. Mm -hmm. Much actual work that these guys do. I mean, honestly, because there's a, there's there's a there's a there's a thought process out there that says, you know, the more money to make you make, the less work you actually do. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of decision making. It's a lot of getting on planes and kissing babies and shaking hands. But it's not a lot of actual work where you're thinking. Because guess what? You need to pay people to make the decisions so that you can continue to be in your position. I've always seen like doctors. Plastic surgeons. That's a different story. I've worked, I worked in health healthcare and, and these folks. That Some are of like, those people can make a lot of money without working so hard. Right. You know, and, and when you see that, you're like, you know, I get it. You go to college, you do your time. Yeah. You, you can't get a doctorate, right? You can't mm -hmm. be a medical doctor yeah. unless you spend the time. And a lot of times, it's 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 six to eight years after you graduate college, you know, to do that. So I get it. You put your time in, you know. But boy, what a great deal that is! We should have a uh, we should do a, a, a podcast about um, the medical industry because I actually worked in the ah. medical industry for quite a while, and um, and I have a a friend who I won't name here. He knows a lot about this because he actually worked in the industry as well. But um, but he, what he told me a long time ago, physicians they get more training than is necessary for them to do their jobs. So essentially, you think about somebody who wants to go to medical school, and they so they go to college for four years, then they get into medical school, and they spend six years <laughs> in basic medical school, kind of learning to be to get gain their kind of generic um, mm -hmm. PhD, and most of that work in those six years, you know, learning all of the, the all the stuff that maybe a, a primary care physician yeah. would need to know, right. Is if they end up ultimately becoming like a brain surgeon or you know something more specialized, yeah. the majority of the stuff that they learn in their first six years doesn't pertain at all. <laughs> but really, what they could do realistically is they could do their four years of undergraduate study and then go directly into 
studying what they're specializing in. Okay. And they would have so much less education, okay. so much less that they have right. to pay back. Right, right, yep, right. And ultimately, right. they could right. command right. a much lower salary. That brings back something that somebody told me one time, a doctor, who actually said to me, I could show you how to do an appendix surgery. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, this is interesting. And after you do it, after I show you how to do it, I, all I'd have to do is stand and watch you do it twice and you would be an expert in doing an appendectomy. Yeah. Because all you got to do is step by step. It's like when I was in the service, it was one guy takes... Not all of surgeries like that. Well, no, it's not. But but it's like, and again, there are apps out there, folks. There are games out there that you can buy and play where you play the doctor and they... Oh, they, I remember that. That was an... I remember that game from like 20 years ago. They bring so you a scenario in where somebody says, oh, so this happened. I killed, the, I killed the patient every time. That's the thing. But the thing <laughs> is, time. as you continue Death. to oh. do it, right? Yeah. No, no, I always kill them. I over time, but it gives you the reason why you did it. Yeah. As you learn these types of things, you start to learn what the symptoms are, what they mean. Did you, actually, did you ever actually do a surgery and not kill somebody? Oh, no, I never, I, did did a, I never did a surgery. My people died before they got out of the emergency room. <laughs> but the bottom line, right, I'm like, yeah, uh, take some x-rays. <laughs> Get some blood work. <laughs> you know, rigorous lactate. You know, so, I think it was with my dad because my dad became a radio <laughs> radiological technician. I think he brought that home. And, and like, you yeah, know, we, we killed person after person. But, but, but the thing is, is, is my point is, right, <laughs> that to, to, to your point, it's like it, it's, it's piecework. A lot of it, right? Uh -huh. It's piecework. It's repetition. It's piecework. It's just like really anything else. Yeah, yeah. If you've got the, the, the guts or the, where, or the wherewithal to be able to cut into a body in the right spot, mm -hmm. right? Know what a friggin' appendix looks like. Know how to do this and then know how to search, suture. Mm -hmm. you're, you're done. Yeah. Right? You're done. It's like a field doctor in the military, right? I mean, you've got to be able to patch somebody up like that and get them out the door. It's not like I want to save them and make them perfect. I don't want them to die on, right here on the floor. So mm -hmm. I'll patch them up to what i got to do and send them on his way. You know, so it's kind of like, wow, imagine that. So you're right. Do they have to spend umpteen years? Well, my friend's point was he said uh, that, like, uh, <laughs> he said the issue is is that you have all these old doctors, and it's kind of like an old boys club, where they're oh, kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> well, we had to go through the six years of, yeah. of basic med training before we could specialize, and so everybody else has to go through that. But he said that, Realistically, if you only trained the the physicians to what they need to know for their specific job, there'd be a lot less schooling. You wouldn't have to pay them as much. It would have a huge impact in terms of the cost of of healthcare for the end user. And actually, it would be it would be more similar to again. This is another area where the the United States is kind of backwards, where these other countries have already figured it out, yeah. where they aren't doing what we do, where they train every physician for 12 years but they have better end results than we do well, and so let, why don't yeah. we do it that way let's 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 also point that towards education mm -hmm. right the Montessori schools and all these other schools that turn around in the alternative schools where they say you don't have to to learn algebra if, if you want to go into a certain field and most kids mm -hmm. innately will know what they really want you kind of have to know that, that, that children progress, some of them have to be in that spot, but there has to be some more, I guess, research into how to discern the difference between, you know, the kids that need to have the reading, the writing, the arithmetic, and, and all of this other stuff, mm -hmm. and learn the correct history, mm -hmm. okay? But 
like for me, I was in high school. I was in grade school, eighth grade, and I knew I wanted to be a musician. I knew I wanted to play music. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't need algebra. I knew I didn't need geometry. I knew I didn't need all of this other stuff. And if I had had a school mm -hmm. that promoted me in that way mm -hmm. and, and figured out, okay, we get it. Mm -hmm. You are going to need this. And I don't need this, right? So how, how, how did we know that we were going to have the internet? Mm -hmm. back well, then and knew that now we can just you know do whatever we want yeah, yeah. the hard work sure was a the homework sure was a lot harder you know back <laughs> in, in the 80s right when you didn't have the the computer to dive into you know and look for everything that you could find under the sun yeah. right it was all a lot harder so now it's like if we knew that then right mm -hmm. who knows what's going to happen in another 30 or 40 years so it's like let's get these kids to where they need to be and you would save again all that education, you'd save all of that money, you'd save yeah. all the college, and you'd get these kids who would start learning their practice at like a, a 15. Yeah, that's what they wanted to do. Right, or 16 years old, mm -hmm. where it's like, wow, imagine a brain surgeon that would be after 30 years. We're getting, we're, we're nearing the end game here. It's after my bedtime. <laughs> uh, it's only 9 o'clock. I know, but... Grandpa! I, it's like... Uh, no, it's, it's actually 11.30 EST, bros. Anything else? My God. <laughs> Okay, tomorrow's a Friday, I'll be all right. The other and perhaps biggest issue from my perspective, which you've already mentioned essentially, um, is that even if the Federal Reserve is returning, you know, profit back to the Treasury, blah, 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 yeah. is it a good idea to give a private organization so much control over economic policy making? In large part, we are asking the banking elite to tell us what should be allowed and what should not be allowed, how everything in the economy should work, how banking should work, when to increase inflation, etc. Is there any reason to think that the banking elite aren't manipulating all of this to benefit themselves, to benefit their friends, to benefit the corporate oligarchy, etc.? Yeah. Even if, I mean, my point is the Federal Reserve and the, the actual money that it represents is <laughs> okay then <laughs> nothing it was nothing it was nothing <laughs> sorry 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 man sorry <laughs> go ahead Woo! okay anyway go ahead I was so close to the end. Your face. You go. Sorry. Oh, Theater training and, and okay. okay then. I feel like Barry now. I just can't. He can't stop laughing. Anyway, go ahead. All right. So. Okay. Okay. The the Federal Reserve is, you know, this small portion of the economy. Okay, this tiny little portion, and even if this tiny little portion is returning its profit to the government. It's still the case that since they have the decision-making power mm -hmm. in terms of policy, that they can be impacting mm -hmm. what's happening, what's, you know, what's happening in terms of inflation, in terms of policy, which is impacting the rest of the economy, yeah. which is where all of the rest of the powers mm -hmm. that be are kind of making their money well, and, and, do we want to give them yeah. that much power well you know it's already there and, and i think the bottom line is it's not just this country i mean there's only what two countries that don't depend on the petrodollar then mm -hmm. the bottom line is right mm -hmm. the dollar is 
the most important currency mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look at it like that, that's right. You're right. Right. It's huge. Then you've got the, the the Fed basically being able to make decisions that affect not only the United States but the entire world.